Welcome to Subversion with 1517. I am your host, Zach Slayback, and today I am joined by Nick Arnett. Nick is 1517 Fund's own community manager, and we discuss a number of things like how to get started as a young person, uh, and we're talking rather young. Uh, Nick got started when he was just 12, 13 years old, doing some things in urban development and urban planning. Uh, how to get started if you live in the Midwest. Uh, you know, Nick is a resident of Fort Wayne, Indiana, which is certainly not San Francisco. There's this belief that you need to be in a startup hub in order to get started on whatever your project is. That's not necessarily true. And we talk more about how to actually do that proactive outreach, how to get people to take you seriously as a young person, how to get them to work with you as a young person. So great conversation today. A lot of topics that we regularly get in the community. So you'll definitely want to listen to this. Nick is the face of the community for a lot of community members. So 1517 Fund is the sponsor of Subversion with 1517. 1517 Fund supports startups led by young people, uh, hackers, makers, scientists, and those who are building the future. If you are one of these young people, please reach out to us at 1517fund.com forward slash take dash action. That is 1517fund.com forward slash take dash action because a real education is a liberation. So this week's show, Nick Arnett, let's get started. Nick, you are the face of 1517 for a lot of the community members. Uh, those that have been around for a long time and are familiar with you and Michael and Danielle back from when you were at the uh, Teal Fellowship might know a little bit more about you, but tell us a little bit about your background. Um, you've got an interesting story. You never went to college in the first place, which I find interesting. Um, and you occasionally uh, appear as a child in 1990s, early 2000s uh, news reports. But what's your background? <laughs> <laughs> where did you, how did you end up where you are now? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, um, I was born and raised in the Midwest, uh, Fort Wayne, Indiana. Um, it's a smallish size city of about 260,000 people. Um, so not tiny, but not huge by any stretch of the imagination. Um, and I guess I was kind of an oddball as a kid. I, uh, by about the age of uh, 10 or 11, um, I had a deep interest in uh, community development and um, specifically like urban planning and economic development. And um, so while all of my friends were out playing, uh, uh, playing sports or playing video games or, or doing normal, normal kid stuff that you would be doing at 11 or 12 years old, um, I was dragging my mom downtown because uh, at the time Fort Wayne was going through a community visioning process that we called Blueprint Plus. And the whole idea was specifically looking at uh, downtown Fort Wayne and envisioning what it would look like in the year 2020, which back then felt like it was was um, light years away, and, and today it's right around the corner. But um, something about that was just fascinating to me, and it was exciting. And um, and I just dove into it, and I would, would go home and stay up until, uh, until 11 o'clock or midnight reading um, studies and, and um, reading all these reports on community development in Fort Wayne. And um, I think it was about 12... 12 or 13 years old, probably 12 years old, um, I uh, started my first nonprofit, 
Um, it was called the Downtown Improvement Group, and the whole purpose of it was to get young people, um, specifically those that were younger than me, so anyone about 11 years old or younger. Yeah, so um, when we're saying young people now, we're not talking like early, <laughs> yeah. we're talking like literal preteens. <laughs> yep, 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 literally like elementary school, third, fourth grade, um, and the goal was to get them engaged in um, community visioning processes. And so long story short, um, I ended up uh, working, um, beginning my, my early career in economic development at, uh, I think it was age 14, I started working with our um, downtown economic improvement district in Fort Wayne, um, which specifically was focused on the economic development of a 91 block district um, in downtown Fort Wayne and um, spent several years working for them. It really allowed me to kind of dip my toes in the water. Um, they gave me a lot of freedom to kind of gravitate toward what excited me. And what was really powerful about that experience, but really um, kind of changed the whole course of, of my future at that age was um, we didn't take on urban planning tasks in particular at the downtown improvement district, but we had to coordinate really closely um, with the urban planners um, at uh, City Hall, and by working really closely with them and other um, other people that worked for municipal government in Fort Wayne, I realized this isn't really what I want to do with the rest of my life. And so at 15 or 16 years old, I thought I had it figured out. I was going to go to Ball State. I was going to study um, urban planning. I was going to come back to Fort Wayne um, and work for, for Fort Wayne City Government. I am so glad that you did not go and study <laughs> urban planning. I, I have utmost respect for for urban planners and and people who chose that or choose that profession but i uh, realized that makes it wasn't for me yeah. <laughs> i uh well in and what was interesting and kind of kind of hilarious about it looking back um but was terrifying in the moment was i i had kind of this early existential crisis at about 16 years old where i had no idea what i wanted to do with the rest of my life i mean i i thought i had it all planned out and then all of a sudden um, realized that I did not want to go to college and spend four years um, studying something that I wasn't fully in love with. And so I, I kind of continued my journey. I, I um, continued working for the downtown improvement district for a couple more years, um, gravitated toward the things that, that really interest me and excited me. Um, we did a lot of, of community development work. So um, bringing people together, helping them um, kind of translate their hopes and dreams for downtown Fort Wayne into action and realize that that, that was kind of the tip of the iceberg of the stuff that really interests me. Um, and so when I was 18 years old, uh, I had started working for our regional economic development um, uh, organization uh, here in Northeast Indiana um, called the Regional Partnership. So at this point, I was working with 11 counties on um, millennial engagement strategy. And uh, just about maybe, I don't know, three, four weeks before classes started, um, I was enrolled to go to college. I was going to study public administration, wasn't in love with it, but I thought, you know, that that's the expectation that, um, especially in a city like Fort Wayne, especially in the Midwest, um, you, you grow up, you go to school, um, you go to college, and then you graduate and, and you settle down. And uh, so I felt kind of stuck, and my parents sat me down one night. And they said, are you sure you want to go to college? And I was kind of dumbfounded for a moment and, and thought, you know, is this a trick question? Because that was always the, the expectation. Yeah, this, is, this is kind of like the exact opposite interaction that a lot of people have where <laughs> right, they say, right. I'm not sure I want to go to college. And their parents are like, you have to go to college. Just go get your degree and then finish it. 
Right, right. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I wasn't sure how to respond at first. The younger sibling, I have a, an older sister, um, and she had already taken the college route um, and was studying, I think, psychology at the time. And uh, so I was honest with him, and I said, well, no, I'm, I'm not sure that I want to, but I, I am enrolled because I thought that's what was expected. And they said, well, listen, we don't want to box you into what we think is best for you. Um, we want you to be able to pursue your ambitions and, and do what excites you um, and build what excites you. So if you don't think that college is for you, um, we'll support you in what, whatever uh, decision or path that, that you choose. And um, so I withdrew. Um, never went to college, never, never spent a day as, as a college student, but you were technically, um, continued uh, technically, yes. Okay. Um, but, but yeah, withdrew probably three to four weeks before classes started and, um, uh, spent, um, another year working in economic development in Fort Wayne and then decided to branch out and kind of take my continuing education into my own hands, seeing as how I wasn't going to be going to college and, um, came to this point where I realized, hey, I'm really interested and excited in uh, looking at how entrepreneurial ecosystems grow and evolve, specifically in small and mid-sized cities. Um, so not your hubs like San Francisco or New York or LA or Austin, but looking at cities like Fort Wayne or cities like Grand Rapids, Michigan and Chattanooga, Tennessee, and um, decided that I was going to go visit those cities. And I was going to spend at least a week in each of those cities, um, try to get a good sense of what was going on, try to understand um, what was uh, causing the huge uptick in entrepreneurial activity in those cities, um, and kind of continue or kind of consider that my continuing education. Um, so that uh, developed into a nonprofit um, that kind of acted as a think tank. Um, we had a, a small team of us that were visiting different cities. Chattanooga, Grand Rapids um, were two of them. Um, we visited Boulder, Colorado, Charleston, South Carolina. Um, several other cities that, that were kind of in that, that range of probably anywhere from 150,000 people up to 700, 800,000 people and um, just had a blast with it uh, and was learning more than I had ever learned in my life um, and it was a really, really cool experience. And um, partway through that, I, I had a friend back in Fort Wayne um, who uh, had kept sending me these emails about the Teal Fellowship because this was right around 2010, 2011, so shortly after uh, Peter had announced a fellowship and he kept saying, Nick, you need to apply for this. You know, the, you're, you're a perfect fit. You're not going to college. You're, you're pursuing your own ed education. You're, you're working on a project. You should apply. Um, and I ignored it the first year. Um, but the second year I thought, all right, you know what? I'm going to apply. I'm going to throw my hat in the ring and um, made it through a couple of selection rounds. And then uh, Danielle Strachman, um, who is the, the uh, founding program member, or excuse me, program manager of the, or program director, goodness, of the Teal Fellowship at the time, um, eventually rejected me, which I, I always kind of turn into a joke because it turned out to be a good trade. She rejected me, but she hired me. Um, so I, I came on board to the uh, Teal Fellowship team um, to lead community growth and operations um, for a couple of years and had a really fun experience with that. Um, especially kind of honing in on community operations and, and getting to understand um, how communities grow and develop and form, um, whether it's in the context of a city or whether it's in the, in the context of a global network of, of young entrepreneurial types. Um, and 
Before we yeah, jump along much further, I want to ask you, you know, you're from Indiana and you did this trip throughout uh, different, you know, mid-sized cities throughout the country. You know, I've talked about this before because, you know, as of right now, I live in Pittsburgh, which is arguably Midwestern. Uh, it's on the line. Yeah, you ask people in Pittsburgh. I, I don't know. I throw it in Midwestern. I guess I'll give you guys the title of Midwestern. People in Pittsburgh are really friendly. We don't want to be lumped in with people who live in Philadelphia, <laughs> New York. They're just, no, no. We're, it's much more like Midwestern friendliness um, and lots of Rust Belt stuff. But, you know, the, we get the question a lot. You know, you get a lot. I get a lot of people think that they have to necessarily, if they want to start a startup. And I think that this is, less the case today than a couple years ago even but they think they have to move to the bay area right i i don't think that's the case i think there are obvious advantages to moving to the bay area but that also comes with disadvantages so how would you uh talk to someone who is trying to get some traction get started on their on their project you know they might be even pre-product right and they're living in the midwest what would you tell them yeah, no, absolutely. That's that's a good point and a question that I get um, quite often. And I guess I'll, I'll put this in the context of um, anyone who is choosing an alternative path um, and not, not going the traditional um, college route and they're residing in the Midwest and they see themselves as being entrepreneurial. Um, I don't know that when I was starting my 12 cities tour, I would have identified as an entrepreneur back then. Um, but what I was doing was very entrepreneurial. Um, it was, I was, I was building something from scratch. Um, I didn't realize it back then, but, um, in, in hindsight, uh, that, that was pretty clear. And when you're in the Midwest and you're choosing an alternative path, you're doing something that's very non-traditional. Um, it can be scary. It can be daunting and it can be very, um, isolating because and Zach, I'm, I'm sure you can relate to this, but, um, doing something entrepreneurial in the Midwest is not the norm. Um, you don't have uh, a lot of entrepreneurial activity. You have a growing amount of it and a growing momentum, um, but most people um, in the Midwest um, either go the traditional college route or they go straight into a job. Um, and you just don't have as much of, of um, entrepreneurship being this, the kind of social norm as you do in, say, San Francisco or Austin or, or New York. Um, so I know for me, from my own experience, um, trying to reach out to people who, um, who inspired me, people who um, had taken similar steps or similar paths uh, was really important for me. Mm. And those people were scattered all over the place. Um, but we live in a time where um, people are just a few clicks away. If you use Twitter, if you use Facebook, um, if you just look up people on their personal websites or their blogs, there are many, many ways to get in touch with people. Um, so what was important for me was, um, was leveraging that was, was using social media, reaching out to people through Twitter, um, specifically when I had, um, questions for them or, or was looking for feedback or advice as I was working on my 12 cities project, um, and just wanted to borrow a few moments of their time. Um, I found that most people, if I reached out to them through one of those mediums, uh, they were more than happy to jump on a phone call. And did you find, did you find it? Because I, I suspect that you did, although I don't want to put words in your mouth. Did you find that your youth was actually an advantage? Because people will ask often, they're like, you know, how do I get someone to take me seriously as a young person? But I find that more seasoned people who are running things, if they're business owners or community leaders, whatever you want to call them, they actually really like talking to like a 16, 17, 18, 19, 20 year old. Absolutely. Really something. Yeah, no. So a 
funny story from that back when I was, um, I think 15, uh, 15 years old, um, while I was doing my, my downtown stuff, I had started a nonprofit on the side called Fort Wayne Urban Gardening. And our mission was to, um, encourage people, uh, to be supportive or engage with community gardening and urban gardening, um, and increase, uh, education around, um, around what was happening there in Fort Wayne. And, um, I had set up a meeting with someone who represented a potentially important partner for us. And we got together for coffee and we're having a great conversation. I'm telling him all about our programs and, and our intentions for the future and plans. And the whole time I'm desperately trying to hide my age. I'm, I'm navigating the conversation away from that because I don't want him to know that I'm 15 years old. Um, because I'm afraid that, that at that point he's just, he's going to say, oh, you know, that's cute. And then walk away. And toward the end of the conversation, I can't avoid it anymore. He asks me point blank. He says, so how old are you? And I say, well, I'm 15 years old. Um, I'm in high school right now. And I thought that any, any prospect of, of a partnership with them was dead in the water at that moment. But instead his reaction was, um, was really excited. You know, he was, he was really enthusiastic and he said, you know, I, I, am excited to have us partner with Fort Wayne Urban Gardening. I'm, I'm excited about the work that you guys are doing, but I also think, um, that it's really important to have more people of your age investing in our community like this. And I think it's awesome that at 15 years old, you're dedicating your free time to getting something like this started. So I see our partnership as not just being in support of what Fort Wayne Urban Gardening is doing, but also in support of you as an individual. And it's like this light bulb went off in my head of, hey, my, my age is actually um, something I can use to my advantage right now. Um, it's not something I should be hiding or ashamed of. Yeah. Um, and, and also, I think one, um, uh, one uh, thing that comes with that, or I guess the, the other side of the coin there, is when you're young, um, specifically like 15, 16, 17 years old, um, you can sometimes uh, have this fear of, not wanting people to know your age because they're going to think you're inexperienced. Um, but in a lot of ways, that is also a strength where people see you as um, someone who, as long as you're reaching out and you're asking for feedback, it's someone who's willing to learn, someone who uh, isn't stuck in their ways and um, isn't, isn't going to push back at every suggestion or every piece of feedback, but someone who is, is very open-minded. Um, so it puts you in a perfect position to um, meet with people who have decades more experience than you do and uh, try to, to gain as much of that experience and feedback as you can. Yeah, one of the things that I'll tell people too is, you know, when you're doing this outreach, especially do outreach to people who have done or achieved impressive things that don't normally get that kind of recognition, right? So right. In, in the Midwest, this might be like a medium-sized business owner, right? Someone that might like run a manufacturing company or or something like that. Like that's, that's actually really impressive. <laughs> right. And it's really hard and it's really thankless. And those people love having a young person that they can talk to, that they can, you know, impart their wisdom to. And just letting them talk is something that gains you massive social capital with them. Right. Right. Totally. Um, I, I guess on that note, one, uh, experience, um, from uh from my teen years that comes to mind also though is i um would recommend that you reach out to people when it's strategic um so i when i was 
16, 17 years old. I was still working on one nonprofit. I um, was getting ready to start another. I thought that I had to spend tons of time networking with people. And so I would go to all these networking events and count anyone that, that any of the events that I could go to being under 21, lots of them were at bars. So I, I had to um, go to, to coffee meetups and things like that. But um, I spent all this time trying to meet people and trying to build a, a really strong, impressive network. And in hindsight, what I realized is that actually um, all that time that I was spending just trying to meet with people and trying to, to get coffee with people who had impressive resumes and spending all this time at networking events, that was distracting me from building. That was distracting me from pursuing my own education outside of a, outside of a tract institution or path. Um, so I always, um, I always encourage people to definitely reach out to people when it makes sense, um, but be strategic about it. Make sure that there's value that's able to, to be brought to the table from either party or both parties, um, and then use that time very wisely and intentionally.